that kind of loving kindness, that kind of faithfulness. Steve comes up to share from the Word. Another great uh, hymn of praise. Praise to the Lord, the Almighty. There's a lot of names of God in the Old Testament. We don't pick up on them as much when you're reading in your Bible. King James, it either says God or Lord. But there's uh, 
the Lord of hosts is one of his names, and one of them is the Lord Almighty, the most powerful being in all of the universe. So um, when God gave these different names for, for Israel to call him by, it reflected his different capabilities and parts of his person, and this is one of those. Praise to the Lord, the Almighty. Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. Oh, my soul, praise Him, for He is thy health and salvation. Oh, ye who hear, now to His temple draw near. Join me in glad adoration. Praise to the Lord, who o'er all things so wondrously reigneth. Shelters thee under his wings, yes, so gently sustaineth. Hast thou not seen how all thy longings have been granted in what he ordained? Praise to the Lord, who doth prosper thy work and defend thee. Surely his goodness and mercy daily attend thee. Ponder anew what the Almighty can do, if with his love he be Praise to the Lord, oh, let all that is in me adore Him. All that has life and breath, come now with praises before Him. Let the Amen sound from His people again. Gladly for I we adore. Good morning. Good to see you today. It's a wonderful thing that we can stand and sit still and be active with our voices and our hearts and singing to the Lord. It's a good thing because, as you know, we can be very busy in our lives and we need these times just to sing to him, to worship him. Reading it from Psalm 139, the first six verses. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You understand my thought from afar. You scrutinize my path and my lying down and are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there's a word in my tongue, behold, O oh Lord, you know it all. You even close me behind and before. 
and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot attain to it. Let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you for these few verses here, Lord. It's amazing that these verses are about your omniscience. You know everything, everything in the world, everything about us here. We read here that you know our, our past, our present, our future. You know everything we think, uh, everything we've ever thought from the day we were just a little kid, little child, till up to the future. You know what we're going to be thinking tomorrow and for the rest of our life. You know all our words, every word we say, Lord. You know, every action we've done. It's just truly amazing. You know all these things, and you know all these things about all the seven-plus billion people in the world. It's just, it's, I, I'm just, it is too wonderful. It really is. Then it goes on to say that you're omnipresent. You're every place by your spirit. You're omni, omnipotent. You have all the power. You made us. You created us inside our mother's womb. We thank you for these truths. We, we thank you for you being God who you are. Then it finishes by saying that we need to serve you. Search me, O God, and know my heart, know my anxious ways, and see if there be any hurtful way in me, and lead me in the everlasting way. And that's why we're here today, Lord, to be encouraged, refreshed, to continue on, be ones who then are led by you in the eternal way. As we're on this life, this world now, we're here for a few years, and I'm with you forever and ever, if indeed we are ones who are children of God. But we thank you for this time. We just pray for you to lead Bruce, fill him up with your spirit, your words, Lord, that we might be encouraged, refreshed, instructed, corrected, warned, whatever it might be. Lord, we all need to be learning from you today. Thank you again now. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. He's probably still full from last night's barbecue. No, no falling asleep. Uh, we'll speak louder and wake you up. So, <laughs> um, so I have been looking at the book of Ecclesiastes, and I am just amazed that the Bible holds the answers to a uh, simple and fulfilled life. And I guess I asked today, is that how you would describe your life? Is it simple? Is it fulfilled? Um, I see folks struggle with that in life, and especially at the end of life, uh, people saying, okay, what was the measuring rod that I'm measured against, and how did I do? Um, but, but we as believers, we understand that it is a spiritual battle. The Bible, you know, the answers that are there, it's a spiritual battle that Unbelievers can't, uh, can't understand the answers in the Bible about life because unless God intercedes, um, they're just blind to it. It tells us in Isaiah 6.10, Render the hearts of this people insensitive, their ears dull and their eyes dim. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and return and be healed. So, but for the so the unbeliever, you know, they, they can't see the answers in the Bible for life. So they're trying to figure it out by rational thinking. You know, 
try to make sense of the world and how it functions and again how they're measured what's you know where they stand but we as believers um, we have more of an experience closer to Solomon <laughs> thankfully uh, so that's that's why I wanted to talk today about Ecclesiastes so we're going to look at this book that Solomon wrote as the preacher they call him um, before I get into some of those details, I'll look at a little bit of background on Solomon. Um, he was the, the son of King David, um, and then he became king as a, himself, but as a, a small boy. Um, so we have his story about uh, gaining wisdom. So I wanted to share that with you again as prelude to the message here. We've got in Second Chronicles uh, 1, Verse 10, it says, Give me now wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people, for who can rule this great people of yours? God's, so that's Solomon, and God said to Solomon, Because you had this in mind and did not ask for riches, wealth, or honor, or the life of those who hate you, nor have you been even asked for long life, but you have asked for yourself wisdom and knowledge that you may rule my people over whom I have made you king. Wisdom and knowledge have been granted to you, and I will give you riches and wealth and honor, such as none of the kings who were before you has possessed, nor those who will come after you. So how is that for receiving a gift from, from God? That's pretty awesome, right? Um, wisdom and knowledge granted to him. So he's, he's definitely special regarding that. But uh, don't think that Solomon's life is so different than yours. Um, yes, he's on a different scale <laughs> than us. I mean, he's king. So there are things that he does that are uh, multiplied, let's say, several times. So he might plant a forest and you might plant a tree in your yard. So, you know, different scale, but you're still doing and having the same experiences. So we can't look at the book of Ecclesiastes and say, you know, we can't relate to Solomon there. And, uh, you know, God had Solomon, uh, you know, experience things to gain wisdom. Yes, he gave him wisdom and knowledge, but he also had to experience things. And, you know, you and myself, we, we all have to do the same. Um, and Ecclesiastes walks us through Solomon's experience. And hopefully you're going to be able to relate to that a little bit in your life and your experience with the Lord. So let's look at that. And first I will point out that Solomon, um, he notices that there are uh, there are there is a theme in the areas of life that he looks at. He's, he says it's vanity and chasing after the wind. And you'll see him repeat that many times, 36 times or something. Um, and each time, each time might have a little different meaning by vanity. It might be wearisome, uh, fleeting, meaningless, can't understand it. Um, but I, I like the striving after the wind because it's a good visual of 
you, you just really can't grasp the wind, right? Uh, even as we, you know, uh, with the hurricanes come through, you might see some debris flying <laughs> in the wind, and you think, oh, I can grab that. But otherwise, you know, you don't know where it comes from. You don't know where it goes. It's just, it can be frustrating, right? And life can be frustrating. And that's a lot of what Solomon was telling us here in his experience. And he starts out with uh, God's creation, you know, nature. And he says that it can be very wearisome. Um, you know, and maybe you've experienced it also. You know, you, the sun rises, the sun sets. The sun rises, the sun sets. Um, he says the, the rivers flow into the sea and the sea doesn't get full. And you know, it keeps repeating. And I think of myself, I think, yeah, you know, five days a week I get up, I, you know, I see the sun rise, I go to work, I you know, look outside, I see the clouds changing a little bit, it gets dark, I come home and you know, repeats again the next day. And maybe you've had that same experience, you know, of you know, Monday through Friday, it's the same. And maybe a little bit on, different on the weekend because I see a few different things in God's creation. But it can be, it can be wearisome. And uh, I like at the very end of this section where he's talking about God's creation, he, he uh, gives us a, a, a section that's a famous quote now. Uh, it's at uh, 1.9. He says, that which has been is that which will be, and that which has been done is that which will be done. So there is nothing new under the sun. You know, that's a common phrase in our society. There's nothing new under the sun. And... I think as you reflect on your life, you'll probably agree, and then it can be wearisome. And next, uh, Solomon looks at pleasures. He says, uh, you know, he sought pleasure in, in wine, uh, you know, trying to think through it as he was using wine, and he, he talked about building houses and gardens, um, vineyards, parks and trees and uh, ponds, forests, uh, you name it. He, um, he collected gold. He was you know, wealthy, as the word says. He had slaves. Um, he had uh, concubines, many women that he had relationships with. But all of that he came back to was really fleeting. It did not fulfill his life. You know, again, it was that, you know, Grasping after the wind uh, it didn't satisfy. Um, and I would imagine if, again, reflect on your life, think back, you know, things that you've done that you thought would re- bring pleasure to you, if it was a purchase of an item that you'd really been building up to, and, and now you've got it, and uh, again, the sun rises, the sun sets. <laughs> you know, if it was a purchase of a house that you were saving for, and and okay, what next? You know. Um, and then Solomon looked at wisdom and folly. As we know, God gave him wisdom, and and he he had this great wisdom. But then he he said, "But I see that the wise man um, he has the same fate as the fool." He said both die, and he says there's no remembrance of them. Now we know this is some things that people remember, but I mean, really in the long history, uh, most people aren't remembered, you know, it's the way it is. Um, 
I especially like at the, the end of the section on wisdom, he gives us kind of a warning about wisdom and its, and its raw nature. He says in verse 18 of chapter 1, Because in much wisdom there is much grief, and increasing knowledge results in increasing pain. I thought, whoa, that's, <laughs> you know, we, we all kind of want to be wise and, and uh, you know, can strive for that. Some people can, you know, study a lot and, and be immersed in many aspects to try and gain that wisdom. But, again, Solomon being extra wise is warning us, with that can come pain, right? It can, can come grief. So uh, his point there is, you know, it's, it's not an end to itself. It's not the answer to fulfillment. And I think that's a very, very instructive for us. He next looks at labor and rewards. Um, he says... You know, as, as far as what he's gained and his, all his wealth, he starts to think about it and he says, wait a minute, I'm going to have to leave this to another person and I don't know whether they've been, you know, are they a wise or, or, or are they a fool? Um, and he got very frustrated by that. <laughs> he's like, I'm doing all this work and, and I just don't know this. You know, it's, it's that uh, unknown. And so he's got the unknown happening and then he says, but also... Um, you know, there's certain things that happen in life that there's a certain time for, and I can't control. We, you know, there's a time to give birth and a time to die, and he goes through a famous lit- litany of things that happen. You know, and there's, it's God's timing. Um, and again, he's he's frustrated by it. He's being honest. Um, he said, oftentimes, you know, as far as labor, we work alone. We're we're at danger of what we do. Um, and then, you know, we, we, we do these things, and then at the end of it, uh, we could lose all that we've struggled to make. You see that happen in life with a lot of people. They'll, they'll gain some wealth, and then something happens, and it's poof, it's gone, right? Maybe that's happened to yourself, um, and it could happen in the future to us. We, we don't know what tomorrow brings, right? Uh, but so that was a... That was a Frustration for Solomon. He said, "You know, I can't. I can't find fulfillment in labor and the rewards because of these these aspects." So he concluded from these experience. He, he gave us some good insights. He said, "You know, enjoy life, um, but but do not sin." <laughs> he said he recognized that there was or will be a final judgment. He talked to the the young at heart, or young in, in age, he said, you know, in your youth, enjoy life, but realize that judgment will come. So he doesn't uh, want to encourage people to to just go out and do whatever you want. Um, he does. He does say fulfillment is not in self righteousness. Uh, in first uh, chapter seven, verse sixteen says, do not be excessively righteous and do not be overly wise. Why should you ruin yourself? So we, we've got to be uh, conscious of, yes, we want to follow God's commands, but realizing 
uh, you know, to be humble and realize it's by His grace that we're able to to be uh, do do good things and uh, please Him and not be self righteous and ruin ourselves, ruin our relationships, and so forth. Another good point he makes is that there is fulfillment in life in in doing good and pleasing God. In verse or chapter two, verse twenty-six, he says, "For to a person who is good, in his sight, he has given wisdom and knowledge and joy." So as we follow God and and follow His commands, and we are um, uh, seeing or can see that God gives us. Wisdom, knowledge, and joy. And who doesn't want joy in life, right? We, that's one of the things we look for. Um, and it's good to remember here that he is the source of that. So he's saying, you know, as he went through these different aspects of experiences, um, that he missed the fact that God was the source of joy in those experiences. And we, we need to remember that. Because he says... Um, he continued and said, well, so we, we've got God giving us this wisdom, knowledge, and joy. But he says, well, to the sinner, he is given the task of gathering and collecting so that he may give to the one who is good in God's sight. So we definitely don't want to be, uh, you know, the, the unbelievers, um, you know, they're, they're not going to experience the, the wisdom, knowledge, and joy that God gives. And in many cases, you're going to see where what they build in their lives is, you know, God gives it to the, the believers that are doing right in his sight. Another observation, um, he says, fulfillment is not outside of, of God's word. Um, and you'll see this uh, in our society a lot today. Uh, in Ecclesiastes 12.12, 12, he says, excessive devotion to books is wearying to the body, tiring to the body. So there is some value in looking outside of God's word, but basically saying keep it, keep it in balance because, you know, my word, God's word, is the truth, and that's where you're going to find life. And, you know, don't search in these other books for, for eternal life. Don't search in there for wisdom. And that's why we're looking at Solomon's words today in Ecclesiastes, because this is where God tells us to look. So those were some of his conclusions, and I love his his summary statement. Um, I'll call it his summary statement in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. He says, the conclusion when all has been heard is fear God and keep his commands, because this applies to every person. For God will bring every act to judgment, everything which is hidden, whether it is good or evil. So we have the, the only fulfilled life is one where we're recognizing God and serving him. And the one who is looking to be satisfied apart from God will, lead, will live grasping after the wind, basically. Um, regardless of accumulations, well, remember in verse 25 of chapter 2, he says, For who can eat and who can have enjoyment without him? And then in 26, For to a person who is good in his sight, he has given wisdom, knowledge, and joy. 
So again, he is the source of joy in our life, um, for us to find fulfillment in our activities. We've got to be uh, involving God. Um, we've got to acknowledge him, we've got to obey him, and make him part of our every life experience. Uh, so don't just take away that it's about acknowledging and obeying him. He's got to be part of that experience too. So we, we tend to have questions as we look at that and we say, okay, God, you know, we we're supposed to obey him, um, to keep his commandments. But we have questions about those commandments. Are they still relevant today? Um, I've had folks ask me that, you know, well, are they relevant? And uh, I like a phrase, I did not coin it, I will tell you, but it's the fact that he does not call them the Ten Suggestions. He calls them the Ten Commandments. <laughs> so I always keep that in the back of my head. Uh, but also, I'll, I'll point out that uh, James tells us in uh, chapter 2, verse 8, says, If, however, you are fulfilling the royal law according to the Scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing well. So James tells us the commandments are still valid. You know, it's not just the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. So we've, we've got that. And then also regarding God's commandments, um, people can ask, well, what about my stage of being a Christian? Is, you know, again, is it relevant? And my, my response is that it's um, you know, all stages of life uh, that there's going to be times where we're weak physically and spiritually. Um, and it's important that we have God's commands as, as our base you know, to guide us, basically. So, so let's take a look, just a quick review here of God's commandments in Exodus uh, chapter 20. Um, let's kind of run through them here. We've got uh, you know, no, no other gods. First commandment, we've got no idols. Our second commandment, we've got uh, not to misuse his name is our third. Our fourth is to observe the Sabbath. Our fifth is to honor our parents. Uh, number six, uh, do not murder. Uh, seven, do not commit adultery. Uh, eight, um, uh, let's see, eight. Do not, uh, eh, by off here, uh, do not, yeah, do not, do not steal, do not give false testimony, and do not covet. So we've got our, our Ten Commandments, but he also uh, boils it down for us to two for ease. If you look in Matthew 22, um, we've got in verse 34, says, but when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered to themselves together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. 
This is the great and foremost commandment. Love your neighbor, the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself, and on these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. So, again, a, a simple and fulfilled life. God, you know, we've got our Ten Commandments, but God boils it down to two. And within those two, um, you know, he, he basically covers everything. You can get more deep and go back to, um, you know, as far as loving God, you're, you know, no idols, right? I mean, basically the... Uh, the first, um, the first uh, four relate to God and our relationship with Him, and the last ones relate to our 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 relationship with each other. And so, I like the fact that God, you know, keeps things simple for us. Um, and in summary, I would say that God must. We talked about God must be acknowledged, obeyed, and be part of every life experience to have fulfillment. Um, that in, involves, you know, all areas of life. You know, Solomon shared with us, uh, you know, he saw it in, in God's creation and the pleasures that he experienced and wisdom and folly and labor and rewards. But, you know, those are just parts of life that he shared with us. But it really applies to everything. And I go back to the verse 25 in chapter 2, for who can eat and who can have enjoyment without him? So then we talked about obeying uh, means keeping his two commandments, loving God and loving your neighbor. Um, and I think if the one thing I would want us all to take away, if there was one thing, is to make sure that God is part of every experience throughout your day, right? So if you if you look back, um, you know that's what Solomon was talking about. Uh, he he said, "I tried all these things, and they did not not fulfill my life." Um, you know, I, I you know God reminded me that to really be fulfilled that he needs to be part of of those everyday experiences so i would say reflect on you know your life at each day and and like you know today coming to church you know did when i woke up did i ask god to you know god you know open my mind my heart to to come to church and worship and and uh, you know learn from your your word and uh, you know when i go home today if i'm going to make a a phone call to a friend do I you know, do I ask the Lord to help me to have the right attitude the right uh, speech you know in that whether it's a, a neighbor or am I talking to a family member you know am, am I being humble um, you know when I wake up on Monday am I am I you know asking God to, to help me have the right attitude when I go to work that I'm that I'm working for him and not for my employer and then when I get to work and I have a challenge, you know, before I give an answer, do I say, you know, Lord, you know, I need your help here. What, what's right? What brings you glory in how I, you know, respond in this situation? You know, 
They're insulting me. <laughs> how, how, do I, how do I respond to that, Lord? You know? On my way to work, did I ask him to ride with me and help me to control my temper <laughs> as I come across people that maybe respond in a way that I don't think is proper, right? Um, so hopefully that's giving you a flavor of, of ways that you can ask God to be involved in your, your day-to-day uh, life, right? So you can have a fulfilled life. You know, when you come home, are you, uh, you, know, are you going to be, uh, have a servant heart? And if you don't, ask God to help you with it, you know? Um, to where are you the one that's cleaning up the dishes, you know? Are, are you the one that's um, saying, hey, you know, what do you need to get ready for work? Or, you know, uh, what's the rest of your week like, you know? What, what can I do for you? Um, there's, there's so many ways that we can, uh, you know, uh, ask God to, to help us. Um, we can cry out to him and, and say, you know, you know Lord, I... I want to have joy in my life today. I, I want to have a joyous uh, Monday, right? Um, I don't want to be fearful of men. I don't want to be fearful of, uh, you know, are they going to, am I going to have enough money to make it through the week? You know, I know that you provide everything. And again, it's that, it's that crying out, are you willing to do that? Are you, are you willing to, to, and sometimes it's even a physical <laughs> crying out if you haven't tried that. You know, go into a room by yourself, go outside, and just say, Lord, you know, I, I need this. Uh, show me how to, how to make it work. Um, you know, a lot of the prophets, they, they crowd out tremendously to God. You know, give me peace. Give me joy. You know, get me out of this situation. Uh, it's 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 a continual walk with the Lord, and we all know this somewhat. But it's good to think through these examples and hear others talk about it. And it's good to look at Solomon and say, "Okay, you know, thank you, Lord, for showing me that you you gave wisdom, knowledge to Solomon, but yet you allowed him." to experience life and not a perfect life, right? You allowed that. You're showing me how human he is, but yet you're showing me what the answer was, you know? And Solomon was humble enough to write that and say, look, I made, I made these mistakes. Learn from my mistakes. And so that's, that's what we're looking to to for today is for each of us to be humble learn from that mistake you know get God involved in every aspect of our lives sometimes it's not comfortable <laughs> there's maybe little corners that you don't want them in uh, but that's that's what it's all about as far as growth and being uh, willing to you know God I want to be a different person tomorrow than I am today and that's how we get there so Let's pray about it. Uh, just thank you, Lord, again for, for uh, sharing Ecclesiastes with us. And uh, just help us to be uh, learners, Lord, to be doers of your word. We praise you uh, that Solomon was so humble and you used him to, 
to share these points. Uh, we ask that you would help us to be including you every aspect of our lives, every walk, every day. Um, we want to glorify you. That's what it's about. Uh, we want to be lights in the world. And uh, you remind us here that this, this is how. You, you are a rock. You are our salvation. And we praise you for it. And we thank you for this time. In Christ's name, amen. Just a few things to mention here very quickly. First of all, last night was an excellent time being together. I think all of us who were there really enjoyed it. I want to particularly thank those who were helping out, serving in different ways or bringing food. Thank you so much for that. Just a few things here. First of all, Barb Stebbins, um, a lot of you know this. She had a, a bad fall last I don't know, Sunday, I think, or Monday. And, and so just not doing very good. So her niece, Kathleen, who lives up in Ocala, came down and took her back home to her, her place in Ocala because she just needs to be with her. So just pray for Barbara uh, with regards to that. Also, um, a lot of you, uh, some of you get this magazine, Zion's Hope. Uh, I've seen it before. But it so happened they printed one of my articles from my blog site in there. And so they sent me a bunch of extra copies. That's just what they do. So I brought them here. But, but the point I want to make, mention to you is this, is it's, it's on heaven and hell. Uh, and so it's really good for those who are not saved, for the lost. Then they, my article relates to the future, to heaven, description about that. So the thought or suggestion for you is if, if you want to take one because you want to read it and then give it to just a person you know who's really going to read it because you just these aren't like little tracks these you know these are bigger than that so if you really know somebody that would want to read one on heaven and hell an unbeliever or for a believer please take one we have i think probably enough for everyone to have one if you want to do that but again only if you really want to give it to someone else also i've got a bunch of these at home the gospel john next saturday is the work day as you all know you all have things to do around your house so too there's things to be done around the house around our church here in terms of fixing up and cleaning up and then next sunday i'm talking about a speech is this long six seven eight months ago there's somebody here in the church they said you got to talk about speech well that's next sunday that's that's what we are doing a very very important subject and and also we have extra food from last night hot dogs hamburgers and i think other side dishes as well so we have a, i believe enough for everybody so you're more than welcome to stay afterwards and we'll have another hot dog and hamburger meal which i really like so anyway but uh, again thank you for uh, everything and also for giving we want to be ones as, as christians who are giving to the lord we have our little box back there on the table and you can give in that way or you can also give online. Thank you. You didn't say what the CD was, Steve. Is it like Smothers Brothers, or what is it? No, it's the Scripture Songs. Okay, this is... Okay, so I wasn't part of the group, but I know the uh, worship team made a, 
a CD professionally at a, a studio. Someone got him in and did all of the scripture songs and a lot of things that we do here. So if you really enjoy doing those, something you can take home and sing them, learn them at home. And then maybe next week you can join us up here. Where <laughs> Any volunteers? Okay. Uh, if you'd stand with us for our last two songs. It's, I tried to pick almost all songs this week that are referring to praise because uh, that's our business as Christians. Um, and Hebrews, it says that our worship, our singing to God, he considers a sacrifice of praise. And he loves to hear it. Even if you think you're just making a joyful noise, <laughs> God loves to hear our praise because it's recognizing he's the one. He's worthy, not us. It doesn't have anything to do with us. It has to do with him. So it's a great uh, hymn. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Straight fall, bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. He chosen seed of Israel's race. He ransomed from the fall. Hail him who saves you by his grace and crown him Lord of all. Hail him who saves you by 